Okay, we're back. So, let's get into this story about Mr. Sam Bakeman Fried. All right. FTX Sam Bakeman Fried cashed out $300 million during funding spree. Cryptocurrency exchange founder told investors last year that the share sale was partial reimbursement of money he'd spent to buy out to buy out rival Binance the stake. When FTX raised $420 million from an array of big-name investors in October last year, the cryptocurrency exchange said the money would help grow the business, improve user experience, and allow to engage more with regulators. Left unmentioned was that nearly three-quarters of the money, $300 million, went instead, went instead to FTX founder Sam Bakeman fried who sold some of his personal stake in the company. According to the FTX financial records reviewed by the Wall Street Journal and people familiar with the transaction, Mr. Bakeman Fry's cash was large by startup world standards, where such sales historically were taboo because they allow founders to reap profits before investors. Mr. Bakeman Fry told investors at the time it was a partial reimbursement of money he spent to buy out rival finances stake in FTX a few months earlier, according to some of the people familiar with the transaction. The deal offers a glimpse of at the swirl of money between Mr. Bakeman Fried and multiple entities he controlled while his crypto business flourished, a funding stream that helped finance a burst of political donations, philanthropic commitments, and a large purchase of Robinhood Markets Incorporated stock in the past year. The swirl is now under scrutiny in the sprawling bankruptcy of SCX and Almeda Research LLC, Mr. Bakeman Fried's crypto hedge fund, FTX, which lent customer funds to Almeda, Alameda, faces a funding gap of roughly $8 billion, Alameda and FTX executives have said. John Ray, FTX's new chief executive installed to oversee the bankruptcy, said in court filing Thursday, the process would involve the comprehensive, transparent, and deliberate investigation into claims against Mr. Samuel Bakeman Fried and other co-founders of the entities. The filing highlighted numerous failings, including the contraception, concentration of control in the hands of a very small group of inexperienced, unsophisticated, and potentially compromised individuals. Interesting. Bakeman Fried's sale of stock in October 21 came in the midst of a six-month fundraising blitz that ultimately brought in roughly $2 billion from investors, including Sequoia Capital Funds managed by BlackRock Incorporated, uh-oh, and the Singapore Sovereign Wealth Fund, Tamasek. The October 2021 fundraising fueled, I'm sorry, valued the company at $25 billion. In a press release, Mr. Bankman Fried said he was happy to partner with investors that prioritize positioning FTX as the world's most transparent and compliant cryptocurrency exchange. Oh, we're going to find out that's not true in a minute. The amount raised contained numerically references to marijuana and what? Oral sex. $420,069 million raised from 69 investors. An article published by one of FTX investors, Sophia called the fundraising a meme round, referencing, referring to the embedded jokes. Three months earlier, in July 2021, Bakeman Fried bought out the roughly 50% stake owned by Binance, FTX first outside investor. Binance CEO Champing Zhao tweeted this month that the amount totaled 2.1 billion, 2 billion paid in a combination of FTT, FTX, in-house cryptocurrency, and BUSD, Binance Stablecoin, whose value is paid to the U.S. dollar. It couldn't be learned where Mr. Bankman Fried came up with the money for the Binance stake. At the time, crypto was booming and Alameda was highly profitable, Mr. Bankman Fried has said. Those finances came under question this week from Mr. Ray, who said prior numbers were unreliable and Alameda lacked auditable financials. After the, the July 2021 sale, the FTX shares Binance previously owned ended up in Paperbird Incorporated. According to FTX documents, Paperbird is an entity 100% owned by Mr. Bakeman Fried, according to documents on FTX. 
filed with Miami-Dade County in Florida. Soon after Mr. Bakeman Fried bought, bought out Binance's stake, he spoke publicly about differences in the way he and Mr. Zhao ran their businesses and their approaches to, reg to regulators. It couldn't be determined what Bateman Fried did with the 300 million and whether the money was plowed back into FTX or kept separate. FTX 2021 audited financial statements viewed by the journal said the money was retained by the company for operational expediency on behalf of a related party. FTX came back to investors for more money in January of 2022 when it raised an additional 400 million. Generally, venture, uh, venture investors frown on large scales of stock by founders before a company goes public, in part because they dislike the idea of a founder who put little or no money into the business getting rich before investors can cash out. But during the frenzied years of startup investing of the past decade, the practice became more common. Venture capital investors say as investors lower their standards in order to push their way into deals. It just isn't great, a great sign, said Charles Elson, a professor of the University of Delaware, who studies corporate governance. It shows the company's founder thinks there's a better place to invest. Anytime you see a founder selling shares in a secondary offering, you have to really ask them pretty tough questions, he said. Starbucks with at which founders sold significant slugs of private stock before rocky public market debuts include WeWork Incorporated, Group Incorporated, and Zynga Incorporated. Such sales are typically approved by a, a board of directors where venture capital investors generally have one or more seats. FTX board, though, had only three directors. As of earlier this year, Mr. Bakeman fried an FTX employee and an actual lawyer who specializes in gaming. Yeah, this this doesn't look good, man. It doesn't at all. All right. This is just it, I'm sorry. It's just it was just a clown show waiting to happen. It just really was. Well, let's see what else is going down with FTX. Okay. You have some uh celebrities going down with it too. about this stuff about this stuff never You're not an expert and you don't need to be. That's a lot. Of, the thing is, like, you got to be real careful because a lot of these actors are good liars. A lot of these commercials, you see these infomercials that you see on television. They're not even real people who take the product. They're just actors. So it's really scary what people will do for money, what people will say for money. And if these actors actually did know, they were like they knew about the scheme and they still went about it anyway. Well. They're in trouble. <laughs> 
pieces of tech to see if you can get the crypto. And the platform's once massive $32 billion valuation seemingly vanishing overnight. Now you're seeing, in some cases, some of these are crashing as there's more and more market instability that we and the questions of advising to FTX investors saying he's as shocked as anybody and how quickly this company unraveled and he's also promising guys to provide some clarity a play-by-play -play as to what went wrong once he figures it out yeah. back to you a lot of questions now let's see what I've got to that through yeah that's that's a lot man that's a lot of explaining to do that's why I never really was into crypto. I never, it, it just seemed like a big risk. People investing and then they lose. Oh, man. And the Shark Tank guy, I'm like, I'm shocked because that guy, he would grill you. He will nail you to the war if you, to the wall. If you did not know your stuff, he would crucify you literally and embarrass you. So I'm kind of shocked with that guy. But uh, let's take a look into a little deeper into Mr. Bankman Fried. Let's take a look into him. Here we go. All right. Map of the tangled web of connection and Silicon Valley, then all the way, and all the way back to Sam Bateman Freed's now for sale penthouse in the Bahamas. Then, at the end of the video, hopefully we can answer this very important question. Shall activity be executed by the very parties implicated in the crime itself? I told you in the last video that the FTX scandal boils down to this. Crypto exchange took customers' money and invested it into unknown assets. A incredibly damning write-up about the company was published. The CEO of Binance decided to liquidate hundreds of millions of dollars worth of FTX's utility token, which signaled to other crypto of the exchange there was no money. The center of it all is 30 year old MIT graduate, so pretty much a nobody up until the time that Joe Biden announced his presidential campaign. Just two weeks later, the FTX exchange was launched, and it was an overnight success, making Sam a very rich guy. Sam's father, Joseph, a tax law professor at Stanford, helped Sam raise money from investors to get FTX off the ground. Some of the investors include BlackRock, Sequoia, SoftBank, and Tiger Global. After FTX became an overnight success, Sam became the Satan's 2020 campaign. Before helping... Sam with the financials, his dad was working on the IRS system. Apparently, Pops is pretty well connected because back in 2016, Joseph drafted tax legislation for the outspokenly anti-cryptocurrency Senator Elizabeth Warren. And curiously, in response to the FTX collapse within the last few days, Warren has called for regulation of the industry. Sam's mom, Barbara Freed, is also a Stanford professor, and she's co-founder of Mind the Gap a democratic political fundraising organization based in Silicon Valley, led by Stanford employees. Family brother Gabe is founder of Guarding Against Pandemics, which advocates for public investments to prevent the next pandemic. Gabe was a legislative correspondent for the U.S. House of Representatives and an advisor to large political donors in the Democrat Party. In addition to lobbying and advising lawmakers on pandemics, Gabe's Guarding Against Pandemics group endorses candidates on both sides of the aisle who pledge to champion pandemic prevention. My concern here is when they are spending on both sides of the aisle is that they are specifically cherry-picking politicians regardless of party lines that, in this case, will do the most medical tyranny in the event of the next scamdemic. Not only was FTX a partner of the World Economic Forum, even though they tried to scrub the evidence from their website in the aftermath, but Sam's Aunt Linda Freed is a member of the World Economic Forum. Her, her day job is an epidemiologist and dean at Columbia, specializing in aging, and her husband is an expert in HIV AIDS. Epidemiology, I should define, it's the branch of medicine which deals with the disease 
illnesses and other factors relating to health. So between Aunt Linda and Brother Gabe with the virus shenanigans, it's giving me pause. It's giving me Vietnam-style PTSD flashbacks of of the 201 and ill-fitting purple sweaters and the Bill and Melinda Gates. Listen, he's the department head of economics and former boss of the Biden-appointed SEC head, Gary Gensler. Glenn is also father to Sam's girl. FTX's head of ventures and commercial is Amy Wu, who used to work for the Clinton Foundation. FTX's policy and regulation head, Mark Wetchen, served as Obama's Commodity Futures Trading Commissioner. And it doesn't stop there. The general counsel of FTX, Ren Miller, had served as lead counsel to Gary Gensler at the Commodities Future Trading Commission. FTX's director of engineering, Nishad Singh, recently donated $1.1 million to Becca Balance political campaign in Vermont, as well as $500,000 to the Democratic Party of Oregon. In total, it's been reported that Singh has spent around $8 million on pro-Democrat campaign contributions. And my point is, to summarize, all the high-level employees at FTX or Alameda had ties to the DNC, SEC, Washington. But here's what's really weird. I can't find anything on FTX co-founder Gary Wang. There's three poor quality photos of him circulating, but not one interview or clip of him on the internet. His FTX profile picture on Sequoia Capital even has him turned away from the camera. Does he, does he even exist at all? Most of the FTX contributions were to the Democrats, except for Ryan Salame, CEO of FTX Digital Markets and his $23 million donation to the Republican Party, which is kind of nothing compared to the bag they've dropped and plan to drop on the DNC. And it tells me they were looking for both parties to comply with what they had in store. Pandemic lockdowns and mandates, perhaps, or perhaps crypto regulation. It's apparent that Democrats definitely got more out of the deal since Ukraine partnered with FTX through the WF to receive donations. So since FTX makes money off of all of those transaction fees, all of the money funneling to Ukraine, FTX got a cut of. Then Sam turned around and gave a huge chunk of that to the Democrats, becoming the second largest donor behind George Soros. And reports were that FTX wanted to spend over a billion dollars on the Democratic Party for 2024. By the way, Alex Bornikov, Deputy Minister of Digital Transformation of Ukraine, took to Twitter Monday night, and he officially denied the story about Ukraine's crypto fundraising effort. Quote, a fundraising crypto foundation aid for Ukraine used FTX officials to convert crypto donations into fiat in March. Ukraine's gov never invested any funds into FTX. The whole narrative that Ukraine alleged invested in FTX who donated money to Democrats is nonsense, frankly, end quote. But what did you expect him to say? Yeah, it's all true. Nana, nana, boo, boo, sorry, pores. By the way, what is the packages to Ukraine? I'm guessing virtually none. On an even more disgusting note, Coindesk reported that FTX's operation were run by Sam's inner circle of 10 roommates who all dated each other. They stole dollars from their users and were having company-wide sex parties. And that's probably what had the reason why they uh, talked about oral sex in that uh, Wall Street article that I was just reading. They all, I mean, everybody was paying for their lifestyle. They were paying for their orgies. Disgusting. Parties, allegedly, allegedly, piece on Sam, the scam artist this week, and never once mentioned his donations to Democrats. I say he might have been a participant. He tweeted about visiting Sam's penthouse in the past and bragged about and the whole thing go down. Caroline's supposed Tumblr blog 
which was active from 2014 until this past week, detailed the sexual dynamic between the FTX staff, you know, the polyamory, saying that her ideal guy was one who controlled most major world governments. And she said crypto was mainly scams and memes. It's almost too perfect to be true. It's like the very fabric of reality is unraveled. By the way, Coindesk will do an expose on 10 co-workers living in a weird harem penthouse doing buggers there all day, ripping off their clients to the tune of notices that all these folks have a common denominator, their PTs, Talmudic types, another acronym for your repertoire. He was fired. Talmudic types. Look up the Talmud. Look up the Talmud, and you'll see what set what it said in that. Basically, it's uh, supremacy for Jedi's. Most likely to bring in crypto regulation. How can the SEC be impartial when Gary Gensler? has barely a degree of separation from all of this. Can mainstream force when they're the ones whipped by Caroline at the penthouse? Can we vote our way out of this by electing more politicians who just line their pockets with these dirty? That's basically it, man. That's basically it. And they want to try and... uh <laughs> They want to try and regulate this and put us on an investigation. All right. It's not going to work. Sam Fried was used. He was a useful clown. And he's going to pay as well as every all these other celebrities. All right. That's what's going to happen. Because you don't get away with this scot-free. You're not going to get away with this scot-free. You're definitely not. Okay. So let's talk about... Uh, The uh, Dave Chappelle situation, since the Anti-Defamation League, if you don't know, has uh, been sanctioned by Elon Musk to find out what is hate speech on Twitter, what type of content is hate speech. And we all know that's a code word for, you know, things are going to stay the same on Twitter. It's just going to be under a different uh, management. Okay. And they're coming after Dave Chappelle. So let's get into that. Let's uh, hear what Dave Chappelle got to say on this. Okay. anti-Semitism in all its forms. <laughs> and I stand with my friends in the Jewish community. And that, Kanye, is how you buy yourself some time. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you guys, I've probably been doing this uh, 35 years now. And early in my career, I learned that there are two words in the English language that you should never say together in sequence. Those words are the and juice. <laughs> never heard someone do good after they said that. <laughs> Kanye's gotten into some scrapes before. Normally when he made trouble, I pull up, I pull up immediately. This time I was like, you know what? Uh, let me see what's gonna happen first. Let's see. Let's see what it's all about. <laughs> Can't remember how it started. Vaguely, I remember it started with a tweet, strange tweet. It was like, uh, I'm feeling a little sleepy. <laughs> I'm gonna give me some rest, but when I wake up, 
I'm gonna go This is the p. This is uh, sad to say. You have some blacks who really take Kanye on when he says, "I want to be a Moses for black people." After you hear the nonsense that spews out of his mouth, and I've said it on Facebook, I've said it on many social media. If Kanye was Moses, the Israelites would have died in the desert. Kanye included. basically the truth he is not well he's not sound mind the things he oh yeah um it wasn't the uh 
uh, Derek Chauvin's knee on his neck that killed George Floyd. It was the fentanyl. Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves. That nonsense comes from a person that is not stable and a person who does not like to read and says reading is like eating Brussels sprouts. You cannot take things seriously from Kanye West. Damn sure can't take him as a civil, seriously as a civil rights leader, as well as the fact that he had to pay off a former employee because he ran his mouth about saying he glorified Hitler, saying he praised him for all the hard work he did for the German people and how he wanted to name his 2018 album Hitler. Come on now. Come on. There's a reason why Malcolm X said you do not take black entertainers as civil rights leaders. No other ethnic group takes entertainers as civil rights leaders. They won't do it. They have a place and that's where they function. Okay. Let's see all these, uh, all this crying that's going on in this article right here. All this crying. Okay, here we go. The CEO of the Anti-Defamation League, ADL, on Sunday criticized Dave Chappelle over the weekend after the comedian delivered a monologue on Saturday Night Live poking fun at Jewish people. John Brown, we shouldn't expect Dave Chappelle to serve as society's moral compass, but said it was disturbing for Saturday Night Live to not just normalize but popularize anti-Semitism. What did he what did he say that was anti-Semitic? Why are Jewish sensitivities denied or diminished at almost every turn? Greenblatt wrote on his personal Twitter account, why does our trauma trigger applause? When did he talk about your trauma? Chappelle appeared on SNL over the weekend for a stand-up monologue that covered multiple trending topics, including recent anti-Semitic comments from Ye, the rapper. I'm calling him Kanye. The rapper formerly known as Kanye West, I learned that there are two words you should never say in the English language. Those words are the and Jews. Chappelle joke. I never heard someone do good after that. Chappelle also quipped about Brooklyn Nets between link about a documentary that perpetuates anti-Semitic beliefs. He later said that there are a lot of Jews in Hollywood. It doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of black people in Ferguson, Missouri, but that doesn't mean we run the place. Chappelle said, the illusion that the Jews run the show business is not crazy to think, crazy thing to think, but it is crazy to say it out loud in a climate like this. Anti-Semitic hate incidents have been on the rise in the U.S. and hit a record high in 2021, according to the Anti-Defamation League. Chappelle has also faced criticism for his comments and jokes about the last year. Both the comedian and Netflix have defended his stand-up performances and said artistic freedom should be protected. Suppose also took jabs at Herschel Walker, the former football standout facing a runoff election next month in Georgia Senate race. Now the midterms are over and it's a crazy climate. Midterms, like all of humanity, depends on it. And it's an ominous sign he quipped. The most ominous sign of the midterms, I believe, the Herschel I don't want to speak badly of because he's black, but I have to admit he's obviously observably stupid he added he's the kind of guy who looks he thinks he looks like he thinks before he makes a move on tic-tac-toe ouch ouch <laughs> ouch Woo. that 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 hurt <laughs> that hurt okay so let's get into the story about um sanquila robinson into that story. The FBI is now involved. All right.
Okay. Right now it's six. All for justice reaching up the now asking what happened to now asking what happened to 25 year old Shanquella Robinson. This after she was found dead during a trip in Cabo with people believed to be her friends. And now we are learning the FBI is getting involved. Today our Jesse Pierre spoke to local organizations who too are getting involved here calling for more action. They are adamant that a full investigation needs to be done here. And like many touched by this story, want justice for Robinson. This is a citizen of this country. We so often fight for those who are all over the world, fight for our system, fight for the Robinson family. A trip with friends took a tragic turn for Shanquila Robinson. She was found dead in Cabo. Her family says her death certificate it shows she had a broken neck and cracked spine. Meanwhile, her friends claim she died of alcohol poisoning. And with a video claiming to show a woman violently attacking Robinson, the family is left wondering what happened to their loved one. Can you imagine the harm that they're going through? The trauma that they're going through? The loss that they will endure for the rest of their lives? I imagine it. And I don't think we could endure that kind of pain without gaining justice. Charlotte NAACP President Reverend Corinne Mack says they deserve answers. It's important that we all stand up for the Robinson family and for, for the life of a beautiful soul that was stolen. The FBI Charlotte field office announced Friday it opened an investigation into Robinson's death. And the Attorney General of the state of Baja, California, sir, where Cabo is, is also investigating the case. North Carolina Congresswoman Alma federal agencies as needed. Max said. It's about accountability, and anyone with information needs to come forward. Charlotte, stand up. Speak up. If you know something, say something. The celebration of life services for Robinson are scheduled early. It's unfortunate what has happened to her. It really is. And um, I saw the video. That's not a woman that was attacking her. That's one of those transformers. There's even pics online showing before and after pics what the attacker looked like before, what the attacker looked like now. I'm sorry. And then you seeing how that the, how that body's built. I'm sorry. That's that's not that's not a. Uh, uh, That's a transformer. Okay. Thoughts and prayers to the family. I hope they do get justice. I really do. You gotta be careful who your friends are and you gotta understand that transformers are competing for your spaces. They don't want to be just like you. They want to be you. And I do hope that they get justice. I hope the family gets justice. Okay, so let's talk about the more nonsense that's going on in NYC. Let's talk about that. $30 an hour for a minimum wage job. Okay. Yep. Clown world. Utter clown world. Hot talk radio.
Hold on one minute. Be a good job for you, but the the fact of the matter is, it's a minimum wage job, and you have to. Uh, you're just gonna have to hustle to get a better job. I mean, what about people who are native that are regular born citizens that have those jobs? Complain for thirty dollars an hour? No. Okay, like I said before, you can't go to their country and demand a thirty dollar an hour job that that job pays minimum wage to deliver food. They're gonna laugh at you, but they want to try and bully their ways here. And these are mig these are migrants want this no if you don't like it then you should be sent back said a statement in part that they are committed to their delivery partners and know that they are absolutely essential with those deliveries this Unidos. DoorDash also sent us a statement saying in part it could take effects on small business and that they will continue to work with policymakers this Unidos was first formed during the height of the pandemic. They say they continue to fight for things like higher pay, the right to use a bathroom on the job, and protective equipment. At City Hall, Jim Fassel, PIX11 News. If fighting for things, it, this is nuts, man. This is insane. All right, you're, you're fighting for things that you don't deserve. You don't deserve that. That's an insult to people who actually have skills and they had to bust their behinds, struggle to get the jobs that they got. Sooner or later, there's going to be people are going to get fed up and they are going to. They're going to lash these months. Because they are trying to feed their families. They are trying to um, they're trying to make a life for themselves. And here you are, make more. That's what's gonna happen. People are not looking at that. And you're not gonna be telling off these immigrants the truth. Probably because you'll be looked upon, you'll be shamed, looked upon as a racist, looked upon as many other things. But the reality is somebody got to be telling the truth. And unfortunately, when the recession hits and things start to fall apart, that's when you're going to see the ugliness come out of people. Alabama father beat his 14-year-old
boy. All right. Start from here. All right. Alabama father beat his 14-year-old daughter with a shower curtain rod after she after she told her mother that he was cheating. Now Alabama father brutally beat his 14-year-old daughter on Monday after she showed her mother on social media the account he made have been using for an affair. Christopher Adriani, 39, was accused by his daughter of hitting her with a shower curtain pole, throwing glass bottles at her, punching her inside their trailer home, deputies said. When he went to get a drink from the fridge, she found an opportunity to escape and made it to a neighbor who alerted Franklin County Sheriff's Department. When deputies arrived at the trailer, they found Agrani hiding in a closet covered in blood, self-inflicted cuts, local channels nut. News 19 reported. Franklin County Sheriff's Office said the girl was covered in obvious injuries and taken to the hospital. Her exact condition is not, not known. They're being kicked out of the house for having an affair. I returned on Monday and destroyed everything inside. Insane, man. Insane. 14 year old girl told Franklin County deputies that she brought to her mother attention a social media account belonging to her father and suggested that he may have hadn't been having an affair she told the cops he punched her hitter with a shower curtain a shower curtain rod and a coal agonetti 36 shared images of the inside mobile home at 100 town and county trailer park in russellville she said on Facebook that after being caught cheating, Agrani was supposed to go and live in their adult son's house. Instead, he returned to the motor home on Monday when he was at, when she was at work and destroyed everything. She also said that Agrani beat her daughter in sessions for almost an hour before going to get a drink from, from the fridge. That's when she says her daughter made a quick exit. But take take a look at these people. Take a look at these people. Take a look. I mean, wow. <sighs> Shucks. She didn't really care about her daughter. She didn't care about her kids. That's it. That's the type of guy she wanted to deal with. When Sheriff's deputy arrived at the mobile home, they forced their way through the door. Inside, they found the smashed Nintendo Switch laptops and children's clothes strewn across the home. Franklin County Sheriff's Office said they found Crystal Regulator hiding in a bedroom closet covered in blood with some self-inflicted lacerations to his arms and waist. After finding Agonetti and arresting him, deputies started looking for two more children and found one hiding in the closet. Agonetti was arrested by Franklin County Sheriff's deputies and charged with first-degree domestic violence, assault, child abuse, and first-degree domestic violence. It's being held... Franklin County Detention Center on a $200,000 bond. I feel bad for the kids, man. I really do. Because this is the type of parents that they have. This is the type of parents that they were created from. Sad, sad situation, man. That's all I could say. It's a very, very sad situation. All right. And what could they do? What could they do? The, the mother made a poor choice in a man. Not much. Not much you could do. All right. That's it for now. Talk to you guys later. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Check me out in uh, Telegram. And you can check me out on other links below. Later.